since the 1st of June 2022. So our Dhamma practice is for the sake of freedom from all suffering. And so this suffering, does it arise just in people who have a lot of money or just in people who are very poor? You see that suffering that comes up for all people that have wrong views. Children have the suffering of children. Adults have the suffering of adults. Parents, the suffering of parents. Teachers, the suffering of teachers. Disciples, the suffering of disciples. If they have wrong views. So Ajahn Chah had once said, that an employee who gets given orders from their boss, they have one kind of suffering. And they think that, well, if I become the one who gives the orders, if I'm in charge, then that'll be good. Because being underneath someone else, someone else's control, then it's great suffering. But when they finally become the boss, then they get even more suffering than they did before. It's like as an employee or as a worker, they're just a small ship and they're being pulled along by a larger ship. But when they are the ones who give the orders, the one, the boss, and it's like they're the big ship and they have to pull along these smaller ships. And so for a child, for example, they have suffering, but it's like it's just their own suffering. But for mothers and fathers, they've got their own suffering and they also have the suffering of their children and then grandchildren to deal with. We see how attachment to these five khandhas is the cause for suffering to arise. And so we have attachment to our five khandhas. And then if we get a wife or a husband, then we've got attachment to their five khandhas. And then if we have children, then that's an extra five khandhas per child. And then if we have grandchildren, then that's another five khandhas. And so if we add all these up, it can amount to a lot of khandhas. And attachment to these is the cause for suffering. And if we have that cause, then the suffering will arise. <coughs> so if we don't practice, if we don't train our minds, and then they'll just be running about this shore and they won't be able to pass over to the other shore being the shore of transcendence, the shore of Nibbāna. And so this is the metaphor that we use. But really, it all happens within this mind. So if there's this upadana, it's clinging there, tanha, upadana, craving, clinging, that is being on this shore, running about this shore. And this is the shore of suffering. But if we're able to let go of that clinging, then the mind becomes very spacious, open and cool. And this is Nibbāna, that's crossing over to the other shore, Lokuttara, being above the world. So when we gain wisdom, what we see is that all sankharas, conditions, 
and constant and changing. They're stressful and they're anatta, they're not self. And then through this we become weary towards all of these things which we had once attached to through the delusion that we had. But now wisdom comes up. So maybe we can use this wisdom practice of contemplation to give rise to peace. And this is using this wisdom as our main meditation object, this wisdom giving rise to samadhi. Through contemplating into the nature of sankharas, or physical sankharas, mental sankharas, seeing how they are changing and constant, how they don't endure, how they're not self. And then we become weary towards all of these things which we had attached to through delusion, clung to as being me, belonging to me. We can cling to these external things, the gains and the praise, the status, the pleasure that we receive. Or there's this inner clinging, clinging to physicality and mentality. And this is the mind which is stuck in the world, concerned with these worldly dhammas, running about this shore, to and fro, back and forth, tossing about in sangsara, and getting born and dying over and over again. So in the space of just one day, the external sense media contacts the internal sense bases. And this happens constantly. And then there's a sense of self which comes up with that constantly. There's me and there's mine. When there, whenever there is seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling, touching or thinking. So there's constantly a me there. This is all me. But we've never contemplated into this me. Are we able to control this me, this I? This body that we take to be me, can we control that? Can we order that about? And if it really was me, then we could tell it to not get old, right? And we can ask our minds, well, do we want for this body to decay? Do we want for it to deteriorate? Do we want for it to get old, to get sick? Do we want for it to break apart? And this thing that we love, the thing that we attach to. And no one wants this. We don't want for the body to get old, to get sick, to die. We don't want to be separated from the things that we love. But we're not able to control these things. They're beyond our control. But it's through the delusion of the mind that we understand these things to be me. Even though these sankharas are of the nature to deteriorate. So before, perhaps, we were able to walk very easily. We could turn left and right, walk forwards, walk backwards. We could stand, sit. We could balance well. And that's because the nervous system of the body was working very well. But when the brain starts to deteriorate, 
And then the mind isn't able to use the brain to control the body as it once could. The mind tells, uh, sends the order to walk, uh, but the brain, the part of the brain which um, is in charge of giving those orders, it's not functioning. And so we can't do that. We can't sit, we can't stand, and there's just lying down. But even lying down we can have problems as well if certain parts of the brain have degenerated. And for some people, even though they're lying on a flat surface, it can feel like they're lying on a slope and like they're um, falling down, like they're going to uh, slide down. And it's a feeling that they have even though they're just lying on the flat floor. And so that's what happens when the brain deteriorates. It's not able to give orders like it could. It doesn't have the same control as it once did. But even so, the delusion of the mind tells us that this is me. If I can walk, then it's me who can walk. If I can't walk anymore, then it's me who can't walk. If the orders can, or if we can speak, then it's me who can speak. But we don't see that these things are changing, that they're not me, they're not self. So Ajahn Chah said that those people who truly see into self is that they see that all physicality and mentality doesn't have a true self to it. And these are things which are changing, things that don't ensure, that deteriorate. And this is seeing into their reality seeing into the true self, which is that there is not self. There's no me, there's no mine. And this is a very sharp teaching of his. And so seeing that there's no me, there's no mine, this is seeing the Dhamma. You give the comparison that it's like crossing to the other shore, and seeing reality, seeing Nibbāna. So for practitioners, those who practice the Dhamma appropriately in accordance with the Dhamma, the correct Dhamma. They have this Dhamma of sila, of virtue, the Dhamma of mindfulness, the Dhamma of samadhi, the Dhamma of wisdom arising. And they have peace of mind and contemplating seeing the body as merely a body. And when they do this, then the mind will become empty. It goes from the state of not being empty, or perhaps we've experienced some emptiness, but it's not quite like this. But then we see this, this um, deep emptiness. And we see that this really is the way to Nibbāna, that you have to walk like this, you have to do it like this, contemplate like this and it becomes clear to us. And so this is beginning to see Nibbāna with clarity. But it may not all come together at that point. It may not be entirely clear. But we have an understanding. We understand that we need to proceed like this. We need to practice like this, that this is the correct way. This is practicing the Dhamma in accordance with the Dhamma, in accordance with the teachings of the Buddha, that this is right already, this is good already, what we're doing. And so we try to practice consistently, bring the mind to peace, 
perhaps through being aware of our breathing. And then a mindfulness becomes very firm within the mind. Both the body and the mind feel very peaceful. And we're able to suppress the defilements and the five hindrances at this point. And then we can contemplate to see clearly. We use this energy that we have from peace. And the firm samadhi in order to give rise to wisdom. And if we can see clearly just one time, then we gain an understanding and our doubts are relieved. Because we've seen for ourselves already, seen how all mental things, all physical things, are in constant stressful and not self. And this is knowledge arising through wisdom. It's not thinking, it's not proliferation, but it's real knowledge. And here we cross over the shore and we see Nibbana. We go from the shore of the world to the shore of transcendence. So when we're training together like we are, it's like we're getting on this boat, we're sitting on this boat that crosses to the other shore. And this is the raft of sila, samadhi and panya that takes us across. But once we've reached Nibbāna, then we don't need to use that boat anymore. So therefore we need to put an effort and train so that wisdom arises for us. So we can contemplate in order to give peace to our minds, in order to make our samadhi firmly established. And if that works, then we should contemplate very frequently until we become proficient at it until our minds feel very peaceful and at ease and comfortable. So we also have this basis of generosity and morality as well. This dana we could see is on one level of sacrifice or giving, on another level it's giving our forgiveness. And we have kindness and all of the four Brahma Viharas looking after the heart and this helps to make our virtue pure. And this is the correct way to go. And then we have mindfulness there, aware of our minds, making sure they don't get caught into liking or disliking. And then the mind will become empty. So we try training in this way. And if we do that, then in no long time we'll gain an understanding into this path of practice. We won't have any doubts anymore. But in the beginning we can doubt about all kinds of things. And that's because our minds don't have much peace. But this doubt is a hindrance, it's a defilement, it's an obstruction to our minds. But in reality, this practice is something that's quite easy. We just are generous, we're virtuous, and then we bring the mind to peace. We put down our thoughts and our proliferations that come from delusion. And if samadhi appears, then there's peace there in the mind. If it comes to the level of apana samadhi, this access samadhi, then there are no thoughts there anymore. The brain is still working, but it's not producing any thoughts. And so people who can um, gain these higher levels of samadhi, they don't think within those levels.
And that's because of the firm peace there. But when there's no peace, then this proliferation starts all over again. Proliferation about me and about mine. You see that in the space of a single day, we receive so many sensory experiences. And we take them all to be me and mine. This is all just a matter of self. But for those people who are good people, they keep that self within the bounds of skillfulness and goodness. So we also need to have mindfulness and wisdom present as well, to be, to be aware that right now there's proliferation, right now there's a sense of self coming up, and then we try to bring ourselves back into emptiness and try to do this quickly, try to do it in time. See the true nature of that self and see the Dhamma. And if we can destroy all of the self, then we attain to the Dhamma. So we let go of all um, sights and sounds and tastes and tactile sensations and odors. All of these feelings of liking and disliking towards them we put all of that down. We put down all of our burdens, slowly but surely. Put down all of the things which are heavy, which are weighing us down. So may all of you set your hearts in training in this way.